0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, we're back, the Best Scott Beat Season 3, Episode 1. My name is Luke Hatfield and as a, and as ever, let me get my words out, I'm joined by none other than Warsaw correspondent, the and Star, Mr Liam Keane. Liam, I'm just struggling to get my words out, I'm just so excited to, to speak to you.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I have that effect on most people. Do Cle- you? Celebrity really? nowadays, aren't I? Yeah, walking around Walsall. <laughs> I, uh, I, can't, I can't walk. I do 10 metres down the street without getting stopped. Oh, really? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we had this conversation before. I think it's happened once. Uh, maybe twice? I can't remember. Yeah, once uh, with a bloke outside the Bescott. And I was very pleased.
0: He was just asking you for directions, was he?
1: <laughs> well, actually, he brought the potty, actually, talking about it. <laughs> oh, did uh, he? I don't know if you remember, actually, because we spoke about this before we stopped the potty during lockdown. One of the last ones we did. Um I was out and about in Leamington and a blo- a bloke was walking past with a a warsaw top on. I remember saying to you on here that i was i was fully expecting him to be like Wow it 's liam you're right, <laughs> mate or something like that and he just looked straight through me <laughs> walked past me didn't didn't have a clue
0: yeah um no i i I must admit i, I it 's not very often I get noticed even mate so um, we're cleaning on the level of fame yet are we
1: you've been signing autographs you told me you did outside the, the Hawthorns
0: yeah yeah that happened once
1: <laughs> <laughs> that Amazing. happened once
0: uh, which which was funny because I remember just walking and he had a little autograph book bless him um, it's just repeating a story here but his name was his. I remember it really well his name was Jim and he came up to me and said uh, you work for Expressing Star don't you I was like "Yeah, yeah 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 and he's like He's like, oh, would would you sign something? And I was completely not back. Did not expect <laughs> to be asked for a signature. Never in my life have been asked to sign something like that before. Um, so there's some 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 guy called Jim has got an autograph book. Uh, one one side's probably got, I don't know, like a Chris Brunt or someone. Then <laughs> another is, is Jake Livermore, and then there's me in between them.
1: Well, it's only natural, isn't it? Um, I, I've been practicing my autograph, but sadly to. <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't come to fruition yet.
0: Anyone anyone listening who sees Liam Keane on the streets of Leamington Spa, Warwick, or or Warsaw, ask him for a signature. Um, please, I'm begging you.
1: We'll, we'll we'll get a picture for Twitter and everything. Socially distance.
0: Oh yeah, of course, of course. I've had that <laughs> happen to me before at a game. Someone asked for a picture.
1: Wow, that's incredible.
0: It was weird though because he was like, I don't know. You, you haven't really covered a game. Have you covered a game at West Brom before?
1: Uh, I covered one, yeah, I did a bit of the digital, uh, the, not last season, season before.
0: Oh, right, okay. Um, so you know the setup, like you kind of sat there and then the press box is right next to like box yeah. seats, isn't it? Uh, someone from the box seats came up and tapped me on the shoulder and asked me about the, the Albion podcast we do and then asked for a picture and I was like,
1: yeah, of course, mate, not a problem. <laughs> you, you felt like Nathan Judy for a second.
0: I, I did for a minute. I always find it, I'm I'm always really nice about it because i always think like i'm really unapproachable like i I just walk around and i've got a really bad case of like resting bitch face i think people look at me and they're like oh i won't speak to him he just looks like he's in the mood well in reality i'm always i'm always really happy to speak to people
1: (laughs) yeah so you would tell me off the scene oh well doesn't matter
0: Uh, how are you doing anyway? How are you doing? Oh, back back for another season of the podcast?
1: I know, I know, I'm good. It's, it's good to be back on this. I've had a few people tweeting me about it um, and uh, yeah, it's just good to be back. I mean, I've just missed the football. I'm sure we'll speak about this a lot in this podcast but it is not the same out like of the fans mm. anywhere near it. I mean, you obviously would have known covering um, a few of the games back in the last season when they came back in lockdown but yeah. I've not experienced it all the way up until the last couple of weeks with the, the first Sheffield Wednesday game so... Yeah, it's uh, it is kind of bizarre. There isn't that sort of build up. There isn't. I mean, they haven't sort of. They're not trying to create the excitement at the grounds either. They're just sort of the players are sort of walking out, uh, sort of trudging out of the out of the tunnel. Um, you can't really blame them either. It's, it's just not. I mean, obviously, football itself is is an exciting game, but there's not a fat lot to be excited about when you're walking out. and There's no fans there. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, they've actually been a couple. The games not been too bad, actually. To be fair, with Warsaw, uh, they've done all right.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you if you enjoying, Are you enjoying the return of football? Because for you, I mean, I'm, if you covered a Premier League club or a Championship club, last season was was more bearable because they restarted. Whereas, of course, League Two, League One, there's no restart.
1: No, it's been. Uh, I can't. It's really strange to think it was six months. Because that, that seems Coffee. such a long time. It seems like such a long time. And I suppose it is. But then, at the same time, it sort of in a weird way went kind of quickly. I don't. I don't really know. It's sort of hard to explain because it, it didn't feel like it was going quickly. It was in the middle of April, um, scrambling around for, <laughs> for stories and finding things to do and be busy. Um, but then, it, now that we're here, it sort of it feels like it's gone quite quickly. It's, it's very strange. But it's. Uh, I'm just. It, I'm just glad it's back because. Uh, well, the clubs needed it to be back financially, which is something I've spoke about millions of times. They needed it back, and they need the fans back, um, but just to have a bit of football to actually report on, which is my job. <laughs> so it's nice to be, it's nice to actually be doing my job rather than writing about cricket, which uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not quite as uh, well versed in.
0: Yeah, uh, was the banks? Is how you remember it?
1: Um, well, without the fans, no. In, 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 in all fairness, I will have to. I will say that the. Um, uh the the work they've done to make it sort of safe 2 meters apart all the social distance and everything they've actually done a really good job to be fair mm. um it's all straightforward it's, it's easy to follow and uh, there's enough space with the the press box they've got and then sort of it overflows into the stand slightly as well to keep everyone s- uh, separate and it is just pretty straightforward and easy um and and they they've taken it pretty seriously which is good um, because I was rather shocked <laughs> when I when I turned up at Bristol Rovers, um, and it—I uh, I mean, probably need to be careful what I say—but it seemed like they didn't really <laughs> give a monkey's what was what we <laughs> did. To be honest with you, the—I uh, mean, obviously there was every, we sat sort of two meters apart if you didn't, um, and everything, uh, and 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 obviously did a temperature check and things like that. But apart from that, that was pretty much it. And the press box was filthy. It was like, I think birds had been doing their business and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a bit... Um, it was, and considering they're a League 1, I know they are not, not got a massive ground, but considering they're a League 1 club, you'd probably expect a bit, a bit more, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the banks has been good. It's been good to be back um, and, and good to be doing interviews and and, uh, and watching some football again.
0: Yeah, good. Um, and one more question before we get into like the real bones of the podcast, mate. Uh, how are you getting on our Football Manager? Because I know you've been sharing <laughs> sharing stuff on Twitter about you know triple promotion and you know year on year success as as a manager of Lemington. Was it Lemington Town FC?
1: It certainly is. They they used to be called Lemington Breaks. Uh, and now they're called Lemington Town. Under they just no, they're just called Lemington FC. Actually, not Lemington Town. Mm. Um, and I didn't because even though it's one of my closest non-league clubs, I've never really followed them. Um so I didn't I didn't actually realise they'd changed their name until I went on there. But um it actually came because I had a bit of banter with them on Twitter, the account. Um I think they were they were playing the Warsaw Kids in one of the pre season games. Um and uh, they were doing a um one of those things where it's like a graphic and then you'd screenshot it to sort of have a prediction of what the score would be. Mm. Um and I, I I tweeted like a, an emoji or something to it, and they were like, "Oh, come on!" They replied back, "Come on, come on have a go." And had a bit of a laugh with me being a Warsaw reporter, me being a local lad and everything. But and uh, and then they ended up following me. I followed them back. And then a few weeks later, I was like, "I oh, fancy starting up another foot manager save." And I was like, "There can only be one club now." I've done Warsaw. I've done uh, I've done a couple of other clubs. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Leamington. Start for the National League North. I think they're in. Um. And it's been, well, it's four years, four promotions, that's all I'm going to say. I'm in the championship now. And uh, and it, you know what, I don't want to brag, but it's just—it's a talent really, isn't it, when you think about it?
0: You think you could be a football manager?
1: <laughs> See, you and a few other people jumped on the same bandwagon saying that the FM Touch version on iPad is, doesn't count.
0: I mean, that's if, like me rocking up to McDonald's and trying to play with money, mate
1: you made this joke already it does count it doesn't no because it okay listen the mobile version, which I did play before, I can understand because that's it is very it's not not anywhere near as detailed basic the the tu- yeah, basic's the right word probably the touch version is actually very very close in in details to the normal one i promise you
0: well, Milan Malkovich was having none of it
1: i know milan got involved in it as well giving me some banter as well he's a <laughs> he's a nice lad milan but uh I'm I having that. He's getting unfollow on Twitter next time. <laughs> right, shall we get into it's it? Shall we, get, shall we shall <laughs> get we talk it. football? Let's, let's talk football. That's
0: what people are in. Uh, okay, um, we're going to run through all the games that Warsaw have sort of had. Obviously, com- we're talking competitive games, by the way, um, to start the season. Because obviously, this is our first podcast of the season. Um, first game Warsaw nil, Sheffield Wednesday nil. Um But a defeat on penalties 4 2 in the Carabao Cup. Um, what do you make of that? Because I think a lot of people saw League Two coming up against Championship side. This could be a little bit of a, a struggle. They held their own.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely held their own. Warsaw were very good defensively. Uh, very, very solid. Um, Cameron Norman was one man in the match. Um, but all all across the back four, really, they they were very strong. Zach Jules played really well too. So uh, that was the, the sort of the foundation, the basis of it, where they played uh, very well defensively and, and really Wednesday didn't really have much of a sniff, uh, bar a few opportunities in the second half. Um, they they rarely sort of threatened the goal, um, and Leambers didn't have much to do really. Uh, going forward, it was difficult because they were trying to break down a, a five of the back of, um, when they were playing forty-three-one, and mm. it, was, it wasn't quite as uh, it wasn't quite straightforward. Um, and obviously, being a Championship side with Championship players, they were um, obviously of a higher Higher caliber, um, and they were, they were, they didn't have too much issue sort of snuffing out themselves, to be honest. Um, But it was, what was impressive was the defensive performance because Wednesday really didn't have much of a sniff. Um, They did start with a bit of a strange team as well, playing um, not really playing with an out-and-out striker. Yeah, I saw that. Um, And uh, Izzy Brown was coming quite deep, and and they they didn't. I say Jordan Rhodes on the bench. and uh and Josh Windass on the bench as well. But they yeah, they just um it was a bit of a strange team choice, but it was still a strong team as well that they played. So I think it was credit really to Warsaw and they were unfortunate to lose on penalties. It was um yeah, a poor penalty from Josh Gordon, sadly, which is un- unlike him. Um and then Alfie Bates smashing the crossbar with his as well. So um I think probably just a little bit of experience maybe on the Sheffield Wednesday side sort of came through at the end there to to get the win, but I mean, it was a good start. I, considering it was a loss, it was a good start, and um, to, to get a clean sheet and hold out of the championship side for ninety ninety minutes, I think, is pretty pretty good game
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, one thing, like, I I mean, I watched it back. I wasn't there, um, but it was weird in the shootout because it seemed like there's a lot less pressure on players, and it's it's a it's a, it's a whole dynamic of dealing with the game without fans anyway, but. When you're taking penalties, obviously, it's a very intense situation. And I know it's not a World Cup final or anything like that, but um, do you think that kind of played into to Wednesday's hands a little bit in terms that they're a little bit more experienced and they just seemed just a little, maybe slightly more composed?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think um, without fans being there, I think home clubs, to an extent, probably have a, a bit of a disadvantage anyway. Um when, when they're playing at home without fans because the, the away team can, can rock up and not have that advantage that would normally go the other way swinging against them mm. um, and uh, yeah cause, I, mean, I mean imagine if the Walsall fans were there it was the front of the home serve stand and they'd be making a lot of noise there trying to put Wednesday's players off and, and sort of G in their own players up and uh, it, without that it just takes that and it was, it was very quiet it was all sort of eerie and, and sort of silent while it was happening and yeah, it didn't feel, it felt like a pre-season game, really. Um, and, and with that, the, there isn't any pressure anyways there. So uh, it was almost a, a fitness and training exercise for all. So it would have been nice, obviously, to progress in the cup, but I think the, the priority is going to be the league, obviously. So I think it, um, I think it, it, it was good showing, and I think you wouldn't necessarily take a loss, but I think you, you would take a nil-nil and take the penalties with them and, and see how it goes if you were to replay that game.
0: Yeah, and it's especially against the opposition they were up against. The last one and this one, I mean, you kind of touched on it there. Would a cup run have, have been nice? Obviously, you know, they've still got the FA Cup and and uh, obviously the EFL trophy, which we'll get on to. But the Carabao Cup, you know, does offer you know some glamour ties.
1: Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, the money's probably the biggest part of that. Um, it it would have been nice to get some prize money in and, and that would have been helpful, I'm sure. But uh, even without fans... To even watch their team play a nice tie against a big Premier League club would have been good. Um, but then also, it's, it wasn't that long ago the Wars were at Wembley. So the fans, only a few years ago, the fans are going to know what that feels like. They're going to want a cup run as well. So it, there's there's never anything, it's never a bad thing to go on a cup run. But I, I, there was just that sense that the league is far more important. Um, I was actually talking to a, a, a grassroots manager yesterday doing a piece. Um, I won't say who it was, but he came out and said the Cups mean nothing to us we're all about the league I mm. don't think Daryl would go as far as saying that because he has actually uh, put a decent amount of emphasis on the Cups since he's been in the job but I, uh, I I do think that that's where his mind would be to an extent that the league is far more important and the fans would say that as well I think
0: Yeah for sure because you know the priority is always going to be the league for a team uh, especially like Warsaw, um, because it's tough to envisage when you're playing in the Carabao Cup as a team like Warsaw. Um it's not really a competition you can go out and win. It's not very often you see a team like Warsaw go and win the competition, is it? You've got so many teams, you know, much 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 higher in the in the pyramid than you. It is pretty much about, you know, maybe we can get a decent game somewhere um and make some money along the way. Um from penalty heartbreak though to penalty success, Bristol Rovers two Warsaw two, but they went and won that one on penalties in the EFL Trophy.
1: Yeah, it was a much more exciting game. Um, going forward, Walsall were a lot more threatening. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was a f- there was obviously a few changes as well because they had a, a few, the debutants coming in. I mean, George Nurse got his first start, Hayden White, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Ossedevi all started. Um, Josh Gordon started on the left rather than the right because they brought Nolan in. Um, so, a few changes. Um, good to get the rotation and minutes into some of the players as well. Um and it was probably needed to rest a few players to then come back in again for, for Saturday. So, um, And yeah, going forward, they were much better. Um, defensively, they were actually... Uh, they weren't bad, obviously, but they were a little bit... Uh, they were a little bit error-prone at times. Um, James Clark made a, a couple errors. Um, I think Zach Jules might have been standing off a little bit for their second. Um, but on the balance of play, Walsall probably should have won that in normal time, really. They... Um, hmm. They've gone one nil down, um, fought back to to get two one up, and, and and done it quite well. Um, Zach Jules header, and then a, a Josh Gordon header. But um, and and at the time when they scored the second under uh, with Josh, they they were well on top, and they probably should have sort of tried to kill the game off a bit, and then managed to concede a, a goal just by just by as I said with Jules sitting off a little bit on our younger the, the striker, and and he just finished from the edge of the box. So. It was a little bit disappointing to go into that uh, penalty shootout really because I I felt that Warsaw should have finished it in normal time. But it was a lot more entertaining, um, getting minutes in new players and then uh, to win a a shootout after having lost one already was a a good exercise there. And Josh, who'd who'd missed one against uh, Wednesday, managed to to score and obviously score in normal time as well. So I think confidence-wise for him, that will always be a good thing. Um, and the penalties are pretty good, to be fair um yeah. the hero of it was was Jack Rose, who came in um for his second debut, I suppose, because he obviously was on loan last year uh coming in on permanent now, so I uh, made two saves and two very good saves as well um so yeah, pretty good um the EFR trophy isn 't going to be the the make and break of Warsaw season, I would say, um but they did decent in it like they got the round of sixteen last year um I think it was round sixteen. My memories—it feels that now that does feel a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Looking back to January, February time, that does feel a while ago. It was either round sixteen or quarter. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they—they um, they did decent and, and went out two one to Portsmouth. Um, so it—it's uh, an opportunity again to to get some points on them. But they've got some sort of tough games as well. They've got Chelsea under twenty ones again and Oxford, um, two good teams. Um, so it'll be it'll be tough, but it gives them an opportunity again to try and challenge for something other than the league. So I think it's it's obviously gonna be worth the uh worthwhile.
0: Yeah, and success breeds success, um Definitely. of course, it's pretty 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 standard cliche, which you'll hear most managers come out with at some point in the season. But it is it is it is true. With the EFL trophy though, I suppose, you know, playing behind closed doors, it wasn't a whole lot different to playing it ordinarily because it's not a competition that sees many fans through, uh, through the turnstiles, is <laughs> no, it?
1: No, uh, First of all, how nice is it to be calling it the EFL Trophy? Because they haven't got the leasing.com sponsor anymore. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a dream, uh, isn't it? It was a horrific sponsor name, wasn't it? It was so bad. I'm not um, thrilled by Carabao, to be honest, no, that Carabao no, Cup. It, I don't really. But uh, it, I had, there is worse, i.e. leasing.com. I mean, in all fairness, last season, I even though it was called leasing.com, every time I typed it out or referenced it, I referenced it as the EFL Trophy anyway. So... Um,
0: it's no surprise that com decided to no, uh, go against Renewing.
1: No, they, they realised that uh, that I wasn't giving them the publicity they, they wanted, so they, uh, they, they they dropped it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's nice, first of all. But, yeah, I think um, last year, I forget which game it was, but they, it potentially might have been the Forest Green Rovers game, but also got their record lowest attendance. Um, I think it was 800 something, possibly, or I don't, I don't. It's, it's so long ago now, I sound so bad because I just keep saying I can't remember off the top of my head, but <laughs> I actually can't. It, it, I know it was a record low anyway. Um, and, uh, and you can't really blame the fans because they're, they're coming in against t- to watch games where there are going to be teams that arrive and not play the first team. It's on a Tuesday mm. night, uh, it, it, some of them can be away games, either Bristol Rovers one was an away one, so you can't really blame them for not, uh, for not fancying it. Uh, too much um, but I can I can assure everyone really that fans will enjoy it if they get to the quarters the semis the final I think the fans will be well on board so um, yeah. if if they can get through the early rounds I think it will be it's definitely worthwhile
0: yeah and hopefully we can be seeing fans in grounds soon um, for that let's get to league action then so first game of league two obviously we had two different cup games there uh, and it started well, didn't it? Walsall Warsaw won Grimsby nil, um, off to lead to action with a win. Yes,
1: which is always a good start. Uh they yeah, Warsaw started a little bit uh a little bit on the front foot to be honest. They started quite well. Um and, and I think that was that was something that Darrell would have drilled into them just to start quickly and they got a few set pieces early on, caused a few issues, forced the keeper into at least come in to collect the ball or or do something and sort of bring him into action and uh, it was a it was a good start, but then they they sort of sat off a little bit um, for the remainder of the first half and and, and welcomed Grimsby on to an extent. And uh, fortunately, they they were pretty solid defensively also. But against another side, they might be punished if they don't take their chances, which was a running theme in the second half. Um, in the second half, Grimsby started well, had a few opportunities, and then almost almost against the run of play. Uh, I say almost because Adebayo had a. Chance just before he actually did score, and, he, and it, a one-on-one that got saved. Mm-hmm. The ball was then recycled, got crossed in. And he had a tap-in and score within a minute of that chance. Um, but aside from that, Grimsby were on top at the beginning of the second half, and but then from there they had countless opportunities to score. I think Osadavy cut in and had a, uh, a nice cross for Gordon, who just sort of glancing on onto the ball. It got saved at the far post. Uh, Osadavy again cut in and. Cut back a pass for Lavery, which was just misplaced. He would have had almost a free shot at 12 yards out. Um, I think Lavery and Gordon both had attempts uh, saved. Lavery had a header cleared off the line. I mean, there were several chances in that second half that Warsaw should have taken at least one or two of them. They, they could have been out of sight, really. And then James Tilly for Grimsby pops up in the 92nd, 93rd minute and hits the post. <laughs> so and it 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 was almost it, it was it's something that they didn't do last season as well they they weren't quite as ruthless in front of goal as they should have been, and they they suffered a few late goals last season. Mm. that could have been the exact same issue uh against Grimsby and they could have conceded that and and against the runner play in that situation, they would have conceded a goal, lost two points, and undeservedly not won the game because they uh they they on the balance of play deserved to win so. You can imagine how annoyed that would have been if I had gone in. Um, I think they they just need to give themselves that insurance. They need to to take the chances. And and Adebayo spoke about it after the game being more ruthless in front of goal. Give yourselves insurance. Give yourself something to to cling on to. If they're two or three up and that James Tilly chance goes in, it's, it doesn't make a difference at that point. Yeah. And so they need to take those chances. Uh, but fortunately, it uh, it didn't go in, and uh, and and they came away with the three points. And. It was well deserved. Yeah, it was a it was a good sort of overall performance. There were there were things to improve on. Um, at, at times, the fluidity up front wasn't as quite as uh, there as, as as you'd like. I think Holden is at the heart of that and and creates things in behind the striker. Um, occasionally, was a little bit isolated, but on the whole, did well and uh, defensively did well. And Cameron Norman again did really really well. He's a player I've highlighted a couple of times already. Um, but I won't say too much more about him because I am gonna. I haven't seen some of the questions though. I am gonna mention him there and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll laud I'll the uh, the praise for him there.
0: Hey, uh, yeah, for sure. So it's, it's it seems very much evolution, not revolution at Warsaw. Um, you know, they've got an experienced squad now. The squad that's been, you know, it's, it's quite well documented that they're they're together for another year mm. and they've kept like a real core there. Have you seen signs of Warsaw? I mean, I know it's only one game, uh, but showing that evolution and 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 showing an ability to 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 challenge higher up the table
1: this season. There's definitely uh, there's definitely signs of it. Yeah, the on, if you look on paper, the squad is strong enough to challenge for the top seven. I would say um, you could possibly pick one or two holes, but I think overall it's it, it's a, a strong enough squad to at least be top ten. Um, off the pitch the players seem happy um, speaking to them sort of being around the environment not quite as much of it as, as they used to because obviously with the uh, COVID restrictions but being in the environment and and, and seeing, and also just speaking to people at the club as well and not necessarily for interviews just having chats and, uh, and getting a sense of, of the, the atmosphere um, the players seem happy it seems like a good environment to be in it's something that Darrell keeps bringing up it's the word environment he has his mm. buzzwords, Daryl, which he likes. And this, that's another one that he's used a few times already. Um, but the players sort of echo it as well. It's sort of drilled into them. They echo some of the same things he says as well. Um, and they they seem to be enjoying it. They seem to be happy. Um, and then on the field, uh, a key word which I thought was important, actually, which Adebayo used when I spoke to him after the game um, on Saturday, was cohesion, mm. which I thought was a very good word, actually, because it that, that would be a good way of describing it. They seem more together on the pitch not just in terms of tactics and formation but they seem to to want to put their bodies on the line for each other more they seem to be they they want to fight for their teammate as well um which sounds dramatic but it is it, a, a big part of football it's it's having that that fighting determination not just for yourself but for the the person who's next to you as well uh which i could just mention cam norman briefly he made several extremely good blocks against mm. me, be one of them in the first half that would have been a very powerful shot certainly on target and possibly destined for the top corner as well so um, it, it, doing, it's just those small things I think is the difference between now and last season I would say um, and then also having an identity I think um, Darrell has always liked to make his team hard to beat uh, last season they weren't as exciting going forward as he probably would have liked at times uh, there was signs of that towards the end of the season but on the whole um, and I think having changed the system and changed the formation so much throughout the season it, it didn't feel like the squad had an identity and now mm. it feels like they do it well, or there's something they're at least building on uh, the 4-2-3 one is something that Darrell seems to be sticking with to an extent um, for about 10 minutes against Grimsby in the second half he changed to 4-4-2 but that was as I said for about 10 minutes it was only very brief Um on the whole, I think 95% of the time, it's been a, a 4-3-3-1. Um, and they've signed players to fit into that as well. Um, also, Davey came on for Holden and played him behind. So um, they're creating the identity of how they want to play, what what they're going to do in these different situations, scenarios throughout the game. Uh, and that, I think, is important because... I'm sure there will be games like Newport on a Tuesday night last season, which happens to be a Tuesday night this season as well. Um, of course, it does. <laughs> no, we've also got extra on a Tuesday night, which is good. Um, delightful. I know. Um, I like with that game. They they had been playing four at the back for quite a while by the time they got to that game, and then they changed to a five at the back because of the way Newport play and and the the scenario of it being a Tuesday, a really cold Tuesday night as well. Um, it. Uh, and they got a nil-nil draw out of it. So I think there will be times where Darrell will change it because of of an opposition or a situation. But on the whole, I think they've found that identity now, which is something they've been to lack in big time.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, transfer window's still open. Liam, you've seen them, as I said, you've seen them, what, three times in competitive action now. Are there any areas which you've maybe highlighted where they could do with maybe one or two more bodies?
1: Yeah, I would um I potentially would take a fourth striker. Um yeah. because they've got Keenan Lavery, Large Adebayo, Josh Gordon. Josh has played all three games, but he's played all three games out wide. Hasn't played mm. up front yet. Uh, apart from that ten minute spell that where I said they went to four four two. He did go up front for, uh, at that point. But um he's played out wide. So if they're gonna stick with this formation and this system, he's, he, even though he is a natural striker, he is, uh, he's been utilised as a wide player at the moment. So that leaves them with Lavery and, and Adebayo. If they're going to stick with one up front, um, then maybe they'd be OK. But I think to have the options and to make changes, I think an, an experienced... It's actually something I spoke to uh, Robert Walsall about before. It would be either ends of the spectrum, either an experienced forward... Or a young kid they you can have as, as backup, hmm. so, like a, a development lad on loan or something like that. Or uh, so I think either if you get someone in the middle that's going to be expecting to play every game, then that's not going to be uh, probably not going to suit the squad and, and, and what they've got. But a fourth striker would be somewhere on that list for me. Um, and then I, I would potentially. I've, I've ummed and with this one I did say before potentially a left-sided midfielder obviously Wes McDonald plays there George Nurse can play there and did play there for about five minutes it's going to shuffle Wednesday so uh, I, I suppose Ossedevi can move over there so that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a, a, a priority but I suppose it'd be a possibility um, and something I spoke about last season would be a bigger stronger midfielder um, mm-hmm. which is something they needed last season uh, it was Blatantly obvious. They did. They brought Nathan Sheridan in for on loan for a few games, and he did okay, but just didn't pull any trees up. Um, and they do have a lot of options in midfield with a couple of the young lads like Sam Perry and Joe Willis coming through as well. But um, I think another option there potentially would be a good idea. But when you've got Bates playing more games now, then obviously you got sell Sinclair and Guthrie if they're if they're just going to be playing two, they're at risk of having. Too many bodies and sort of unsettling the squad as well, so it's finding that balance. Uh, they would be the only positions I would possibly uh, I would possibly move in. Uh, I, I would have said right wing, which is something we've been saying since last summer. Um, yeah. but Josh has done a pretty decent job in there. Um, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't enjoy it as much as he enjoys playing up front, but um, I, I wouldn't say it's a glaring priority as much as it was last season again because Osaday. And play on either wing as well, so um, it's good to be able to say that there's nothing glaring that they need. Which before they signed the three in, in the one day, also David White and Rose, before then they, they were glaring <laughs> positions they needed. Um, but now they've got those three in, It's it looks a lot healthier.
0: Good stuff. Um, let's go on to questions, shall
1: we? Let's do it. I know First Lee, one comes uh, Lee Reynolds has given us a few, hasn't he, again?
0: As always, good man. yeah, I mean. I... I think he had him saved up throughout the break.
1: We can we can always rely on, on Lee. We can always rely on yeah.
0: him. Uh first one comes from Keith Thomas though. our uh, starting eleven on Saturday, uh, were all here last season and it showed how settled they are. A few clubs have rebuilt like we did last year. How much of an advantage do you think that'll be to us?
1: Yeah, it's something actually that Michael Beardmore asked Daryl after the game as well, which was I thought was a good point. Um there's you're probably gonna be it's gonna to be tough to you to define any club probably that's gonna it's particularly in League two that's gonna have played eleven players on their opening day that were there last season um I think that's gonna be very very hard pressed to find that um and it's definitely gonna hold it's that continuity we've spoken about and 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 the identity and how comfortable the players are with each other it's all taken a, a, this time to to grow um at the same time, it, you're at the point now where you, you, there isn't really any excuses for this for this squad not to not to push on, mm-hmm. um, so they, yeah, it, it definitely is going to hold them in good stead because there are going to be other clubs that are going to have several new faces that are going to have to bed in, uh, so I think that's definitely good, and they, but the, the new faces they've got, like ossadavi for example, has come in and done pretty well in his couple, uh, couple games so far, so um, I think to have those options from the bench as well is important, and just getting everyone up to speed and, and uh, the new signings up to speed and and into the way they play. But it seems to have uh, it seems to have started pretty quickly and for them, which is good.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lee Reynolds. Um, if it remains behind closed doors past October, how many clubs are going to be in financial hardship? If it's a season behind closed doors, how many clubs may not be able to finish that season? Should the FA and Premier League be looking to help financially to keep well-run clubs going?
1: Well. Wow. <laughs> It's a very good point. I mean, you look at last season, um, the reason, well, not the only reason, but a, a very big reason that most clubs didn't want to continue uh, finishing the season was financial reasons. And there was, what, 10 games left? Um, mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to do it for the whole season. Definitely not. Um, there's, what, the three games in now. By the time they get to um, end of September, Warsaw they've had two home games already out of those three and they're going to have another two um home games so they're going to have to play four home games by the end of uh, September without fans um it's going to it's going to take a lot of rework and re- and remodeling for a lot of clubs if it goes any further beyond uh, October uh, and it's, simply put there are going to have to be provisions put in place and there, are, there is money's going to have to come from from the top down. Uh, otherwise there are plenty of clubs that will not survive it. Um simple as that. The players aren't on furlough, they're they're being paid. The staff are being paid. Um and and that th- that's happening because they're working again. Um and they they need to continue paying them and they need to continue getting revenue in. At the moment they're they're not getting very much in at all because of a lack of fans. So it's uh it's it's essential. And um, without sounding trying to get too political it does baffle me why s- fans in a, in a socially distanced environment why fans can't be allowed in um, mm-hmm. you can go to the pub restaurants you can do all these other things that I would argue are, pu- are more dangerous than a uh, sitting in a, in a venue that is open air um, and it just baffles me that, that they won't that they, that, they, that they won't do it if they won't do it of course at the moment it is set to happen Um, October 1st uh, the pilot the difference was that the pilots they did were being reviewed and then they were reduced to a thousand capacity maximum Um, Cambridge had to cancel their pilot because they had sold two and a half thousand tickets I think Um, Mm. and they were given days to reduce that to a thousand which and it was just not feasible it was either that and have a load of disappointed fans or or just cancelled it altogether, and they had really no choice um, so yeah i at the moment it, as it stands it's, it, it is happening uh, it, I, I'm just I'm concerned that if it doesn't happen it's gonna be um, it's not going to be easy for for many clubs and uh, particularly even below league two level as well, which um, at the moment is still happening for them, but I think there's still question marks
0: yeah, for sure, and then another one from Lee, uh, which is kind of related how much of a boost will it be? when fans are allowed back to watch live games. Imagine the atmosphere for the first home game when fans are allowed back in, and then imagine when all restrictions are gone uh, and can get five or 6,000 back into the ground. That would be a big boost to the team.
1: That that would be nice. Um, Well, obviously, financially, uh, without going into it too much again, um, it would obviously be a boost, but without a doubt, atmosphere-wise, it would be massive. Um, I've said this before, that... Uh, and obviously the, the board at Warsaw has spoken about it that they're in a fortunate position with their um, 11.3k capacity that yeah. they can they can have uh, a crowd in that is almost uh, the same size crowd that they would have. Um, I'm trying to remember the number for the top of my head. It was 3,000 or something anyway I know that was their maximum capacity. Just under 3.3k I think it was. Um, and that's not going to be too far off what they would get on a match day anyway. Yeah, the um, average attendance. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's going to be a huge boost. There's going to be no away fans because you can't travel to stadiums uh, as it stands. Mm. Um, so it would be huge for home games, absolutely huge for Warsaw uh, on the pitch. Uh, and then once the restrictions do lift and it's back to normal, um, five to 6,000 would be a big ask, Lee. uh but if the club's doing well, there's no reason why it can't happen. The 5K mark has been something Lee Pomlet has been has spoken about several times. It's been his target. If he got to six, I'm sure he'd be absolutely delighted. So, uh, yeah, just in the first instance, just to get 3,000 fans back in the Baxter Stadium would be massive for the atmosphere, and I think I think the team would respond to that as well.
0: I suppose the question would be, if you're allowed, if it gets to a point where you just allowed fans back in, would there be such a clamour? That you could, for, I mean, for a couple games at least, maybe hit them to kind of numbers.
1: It's possible, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. I think um, being the sort of the major club in in the town, and I know they've got other clubs to rival with that Premier League clubs now, but I think it's um, it's possible that Warsaw could definitely get some good numbers. Um, but I think even. I think without getting, trying to get too ahead of yourself, I think even just getting to the point where they're allowed the socially distance three thousand in would be just a big step in itself. Um, that I think it, I think just just to focus on that first would be would be what you need to do really. Um, and the season ticket holders will be will be looked after in that sense. I mean, then obviously there's been a few issues over what seat they're going to have. They're obviously not going to be able to have the the same seat, um, but they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be back at the stadium watching their team, so I don't think I don't think they're going to have too many complaints.
0: Just in a a little bit of breaking news, actually, from uh, Sky it. Sports: EFL clubs given go-ahead to run pilot events this weekend with up to a thousand spectators, apparently.
1: Well, that is interesting. Now, and it's come right at the point we were talking about. <laughs> right at the point we were talking about. What we can promise you: this. The time is currently two forty-three. We're recording this. We have not staged this. <laughs> this is, like, let let me you know what let me open it up while I'm speaking to you because we might as well discuss it while um while it's yeah, there for sure. um because uh right this is this is not going to be entertaining for people listening while I'm <laughs> while I'm googling Sky well, Sports. Well, I've
0: got it here. I can read it out for you if you want.
1: Oh, no, I've uh okay, yeah, you might do. I can't find it. <laughs>
0: okay, so um this is this is per Sky Sports. EFL clubs allowed thousand, up to 1,000 fans this weekend. EFL clubs have been given the go-ahead to run pilot events this weekend with up to 1,000 spectators allowed to attend matches. An EFL spokesman said, The EFL remains in discussions with the government about the pilot programme, which may include a limited number of further pilot matches during September with capacity limited to 1,000. The league is clear in its view that social distancing can be applied safely in football stadia and that having crowds at matches is an absolutely essential part of helping to protect club finances, which remain under extreme pressure. Therefore, the successful delivery of further pilots will be an important step towards getting a larger number of fans into ground safely. The EFL will continue its dialogue with DCMS and SGSA to ensure that evidence and insights secured from these events will help, to inform the government's position on welcoming supporters back post October first.
1: So it's looking good then. Um, it's s- looking good. So obviously Walsall away to which we will come on to. I'm sure away to Harrogate on Saturday. So mm-hmm. they're not good, obviously going to have the fans at the Bankses. But Lee Pomerle has already spoken about the possibility of a trial at Walsall. Um, from listening to you there after this weekend, there's going to be a limited number of trials. Did it say uh, elsewhere? in the weeks towards the end of September is that right
0: yes during September with a
1: capacity limit to 1000 yeah so I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Warsaw bidding for to be one of those those ones because they've got two uh, home games after that they've got Leighton Orient in the league and then they've got Chelsea under 21s um, in the EFL trophy so um, either either of those two fixtures would work I would imagine um, for Warsaw. so so that's brilliant. Really, really, really good news. On, not just pleased financially, but just pleased. In almost in a selfish way, that the atmosphere is so much better with the fans there. Um, yeah, it, it, it is selfish. I know because there are. You would much prefer clubs to actually survive, um, but just on a purely selfish note, it's so much better when fans are there. So me personally, I'm pleased with that. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to to see the Warsaw successfully get one of those trials then, which will be something for me to chase up on. Um, Wow, a bit of break. We didn't even plan that. A bit of break, no, not it. even planned. Perfect timing.
0: Um, yeah, so um, I'm, I'm sure you'll be a busy man after this podcast finishes. <laughs> a um, couple more questions. Of course, Scott Thompson, what do you think our best starting lineup is?
1: <sighs> Liam
0: it's hard to say this early into the season, isn't it? Especially considering <laughs> the transfer window isn't closed yet.
1: You said, hard to say as I was about to give, <laughs> give the. Uh, as it stands, yeah, I think that's, that's a good that's a good sort of caveat to that. As it stands. Um, with the squad they've got there and, and the three games I've seen so far. It would be 4 one Liam Roberts, Cam Norman, uh, Dan Scar, James Clark, Zach Jules. Then it's tough in the midfield to be the only one I'd have a problem with. Um, let me just name the others before I come back to this. So the front four would be Josh Gordon, Rory Holden, Wes McDonald, then probably... Mm, probably had a large out of bio. I think he did probably a bit more than what, what Keenan had done in these couple of appearances so far. Mm. Um, so then the midfield, too, would be the only issue because uh, Alfie Bates and Liam Kinsella have started all three games. They've got progressively better in those three because they, they weren't quite up to scratch, I would say, against Sheffield Wednesday. It, it wasn't bad, but it was a little bit sort of casual. Um St. and and Danny Guthrie have been injured. Uh, they're now back in uh, they're both on the bench uh, only Sinclair came on on Saturday for a bit um, but so, so if I was to say regardless of injuries I would probably I would fit Danny Guthrie in there but based on sort of match minutes and, and fitness I'd, I would just stick with Bates and Kinsella for the time being
0: interesting interesting Miles Drake um, this is an interesting question it's a tricky one as well Uh compare slash assign a player to the common carbs group e.g pasta rice bread potatoes etc who do you pick and why
1: <laughs> i don't actually understand what that question even means so <laughs> uh,
0: like what kind of carb is uh, say i don't know S- Stuart sinclair <laughs> is he like your, your your standard slice of bread like does the job See, oh, I don't, oh, oh, I don't
1: oh. eat, I don't eat carbs anymore. I'm a, my, my body's a temple. Keto. No, not quite. I do have a bit, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I could do that. Um, it's a tricky I, one. I genuinely don't eat many carbs, to be honest, anymore. Um,
0: you know what? A large order some peri peri chips, got yeah. that little bit of kick, that little bit of flavour.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of fire.
0: Scores them goals.
1: Um, I'm struggling here. I really, am struggling. Who's gonna be plain old? Basmati Rice who's going to be someone who does the job is a, is a household favourite Liam Kinsella does the job he's a household favourite he's been at the club for a while yeah yeah we'll go with that Kinsella's a rice doesn't have to who's, doesn't who's have your to be classic ro- who's your classic
0: it's, roast potato on a roast
1: oh roast potato sometimes timeless like, <laughs> timeless
0: Time, a timeless like, it's, it's, it's a never classic yeah
1: occasionally understated Danny Guthrie yeah, that, that works for me. I'm, I'm too honest, you can just name them for me and I'll just agree that works for me. Um, right, let's, just, let's think of one more. For some reason, my mind's going down the, the Indian cuisine route because I'm such a massive fan of Indian food. I'm thinking naan bread.
0: Nah, See, I saw an interesting thing about naan bread the other day. <laughs>
1: okay. And it was,
0: it was a tweet and it was saying, stop saying naan bread because naan means bread. So you're essentially saying bread, bread.
1: Oh my days.
0: And it blew my mind.
1: That, that's blown my mind. I never thought of that. Naan bread. Bread bread.
0: Yeah. So just <laughs> say naan. Because you know when you order it, they just say, oh, a naan. They don't say naan bread. Because that's like saying bread bread.
1: That's incredible. I know. That's actually blown my mind. What's I've come. Up,
0: I've, I mean, I'm. 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 I'm laying out facts in podcasts left, right, and center here. I was in a podcast on Monday with Mr. Massey for the Albion. Of course, everyone knows Mr. Massey. We
1: all know Mr. Massey.
0: Um, and we had a question, and I, I can't remember how we got to it. We were talking about turtles and tortoises, and I laid out facts. He was like, "What's the difference between a turtle and a tortoise?" I
1: don't. And you know what know. I said?
0: Tortoises walk, turtles swim, and it blew his mind.
1: Ah, I suppose that is true.
0: It was a learning experience.
1: Well, you are good, aren't you? I mean,
0: I just, I, I don't know where it comes from, mate.
1: What's your favourite naan? I didn't say naan bread, you see, I said naan. I just.
0: I'm, see, this is the issue I have here. I'm not a massive fan of Indian food.
1: Really? I, oh, I, I love it. a bit
0: of chicken pakora. Um,
1: I love Indian food, it's my, one of my favourites.
0: Oh see I'm more of a Chinese man. Nah, I'm the
1: on the other God. way. I'm more of an Indian over Chinese. Um, give me
0: a give me like a, a roast duck chow mein. Nah. A little bit of pork yux and go oh, man. Nah. But um I do like naan bread. Just give me like um like a mixed meat in naan.
1: <laughs> what?
0: You know when you go to like a, a chip shop.
1: You mean like a mixed meat No, 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 no. That's not what I, no, that's like a naan kebab, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, that is nice. Don't get me wrong, but I've, I mean, just the naan itself. What is your, the different types of naan What is your favorite Are type? there? You gotta be joking. You don't know the different types of naan Nah. Well, there's a plain naan There's a okay. garlic and coriander, or sometimes just garlic.
0: Okay, I'm not on. I'm not on board with that one.
1: That's my favorite, by the way. Garlic and coriander. It's really good.
0: Too strong garlic.
1: Ke- keema naan What's keema? I think it's keema. I'm not 100 percent sure it's pronounced, but yeah. Either way, it uh, it's like meat in the middle.
0: Okay, I'm a fan of that.
1: Um, I think you can get it with different types of meat, but I think quite often it's lamb.
0: See, that makes me sound like it's a lo- a, a lamb donner.
1: That's very nice. Uh, you can get a push <laughs> can't say the word. <laughs> Peshwari nan, which is like got uh, like currants and raisins in it.
0: Okay, nah, skip that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's not. It's not for me. I didn't know, how do you not know there was different types of naan?
0: It's just, I'm not a fan of Indian food, mate. I
1: suppose, yeah. I I, I love it. I mean, for me, garden coriander, but I'm I'm partial to a nice keema naan as well.
0: So who's the naan? What
1: do you mean? Oh, right, yeah. We're assigning players (laughs) to these. I was like, what are you you on about? Um, So naan. Um, Naan is, how would you describe a naan?
0: It holds everything together.
1: Oh yes! You're much better at this than I am. You actually, you've come up with the right sort of uh, descriptions. Holds everything. I've just together. got, I've just
0: got away with words.
1: You do. I mean, I, I should really, shouldn't I, considering my line of work? But it's clearly not, it's <laughs> clear, clearly not, uh, not working. Yeah, holds everything together. They are, the glue, not literally, but you know what I mean. Yeah. That, that's James Clark.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: It's the captain. It's the skipper. It's the (laughs) (laughs) Narn.
0: i tell you what, you've got a nickname for James Clark there, the the, the Narn. That needs
1: clipping up, doesn't it? That that, that needs clipping up. (laughs) Clipping up and putting somewhere. I mean, James follows me on Twitter, so I'll just send it to him later. The the
0: captain, the
1: skipper, the naan.
0: (laughs) Something's just come to me, Liam. Go on. The next time he scores a worldie, and he will score another worldie. Yeah. Obviously, give your, your initial tweet. Oh, goal, James man. Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just post a picture of naan.
1: Just a nice naan.
0: A naan. I, feel was, I nearly was, said naan bread then, but feels no. It weird
1: just, just, not saying naan bread. Was, na- not na- saying na-
0: now, forever now, that will be tainted for you.
1: I can't believe that. I never realised that's actually the name of it. I thought it would be like the type of bread, if you know what I mean. I didn't realise it was like the name for bread. I
0: mean, I mean, I only read this on Twitter, so it could, it could be a lie. I'm
1: going to Google naan translation it's <laughs> uh, oh, just giving me a description of what Narn is it's a... just go on to
0: Google Translate and just type in Narn
1: <laughs> I mean this is this is prime viewing isn't it or listening rather oh
0: yeah Pe- people will be important they want to know Um,
1: it's coming up it's coming up saying in English it means I is in the letter I
0: is it is it translating it from Indian
1: it's translating it from and then it's got a few squiggles in in a language that I can't read, which looks to me a language of that descent but i can't I can't be certain because i i don't understand it
0: either way James <laughs> Clark is a Nam.
1: <laughs> he waits captain skipper Nam. Uh, yeah, really yeah perfect
0: <laughs> captain leader legend Nam. um <laughs> Stu Lockley, uh, is there an area like a strength? And we've kind of covered that one, Stu. Um, Simple and to the point from Keith Thomas. Do you think we'll go up this season?
1: I like that. Simple to the point. Um, I I do like to sort of sit on the fence a little bit and stay quite diplomatic. But I think this squad should be targeting top 10 minimum. Initially. Um, And then because of League 2 with it being three automatic spots... They, if you're in the top ten, you're in the mix for the top seven, and, and, and the you're players. in the playoff race. Yeah, you're you're in the mix because points are always going to be tight. You're in the mix regardless. I'd say so. Uh, they should be aiming for that. Uh, the squad is capable of getting into the top seven. Certainly, there are a few squads who spent a lot of money. The money doesn't always translate to success. Um, Mansfield spent a lot of money last year and were pretty poor. They spent a lot of money again this year. Um, Salford were sort of decent but run of the mill. Spent a lot of money last year. Again, have seemed to have spent a decent amount. Bolton have come down, spent a lot of money, um, and then lost their first game. I think. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. They, they need to target that at least. It's um, if they if they I think it would be a disappointment if they didn't get it. Um, and and Lee Pomlet has been pretty sort of clear about the fact that he does not want to be. In the league any longer than he has to be. Um, he doesn't want to be in it beyond this season. In fact, is what he actually said. So, um, mm. it's Darrell's job to do it, and I think um, I think it's probably been spelled out to him in, in black and white that that should be the aim, really. Fair. So that's. <laughs> I haven't said whether I think they will or not. Um, I think the squad is capable of of, of doing it. Yes. Um, I think I think I think
0: there'll be uh, there'll be some postseason games.
1: You think, you think you'll think be in the playoffs? i would be pretty excited on that. I think, um, don't get me wrong, going up automatically would be brilliant. Winning the, season, winning the league would be brilliant. But I think there's no better way of getting promoted than doing it at Wembley in the playoffs.
0: Oh, it's like, absolute hell, though.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I'll bet. But there's no absolute. better way if you win it. There's no better way of doing it.
0: Being, being a Villa fan, I've been through it twice in recent years. One once was absolutely devastating and the other was, I mean, arguably one of the best days that I've seen my club have. Oh, but the risk-reward, oh my God. There's no, like, you can't lose a playoff final and be like, oh, well, at least we played well. No, exactly. Nah, you're devastated. Well,
1: in that situation, when it's Championship to Premier League, it's a £120 million game or whatever, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's so much riding on it. Obviously, the stakes are not quite as high at League 2 level, but it's the, the stakes are still pretty big. It's uh, And obviously, still playing at Wembley. I think it's obviously nerve-wracking, but there is no better way of doing it than that particularly if fans can go as well there's no better way of getting promoted than doing it through the playoffs oh for sure so uh, and darrell has been there and doing it before with Bristol Rovers so um, yeah I think um, I think they need to be targeting that minimum I'd say
0: Chris Tofer says who's impressed you most since last season
1: ah yes this is a question I saw that I wanted to hold back on um, because Cameron Norman has been the man that's impressed me so far the most mm. so far. Um, don't get me wrong, I, he didn't, I didn't think he was ever necessarily exceptionally poor last season, but he was sort of middle of the road. Um, almost neither here nor there at times. Uh, he did have one very good game away at Salford. When he played right back, then Callum and mollett had that terrible injury where he tore his hamstring. Yeah. Uh, and he moved to left back, which is not obviously not, not natural for him. And that was within about 20 minutes of the first half. So he played the majority of the game at left-back. Uh, and he had a very, very good game. Um, so they, he did have his moments last year, but this he almost seems like a new player this year. Um, and it has justified the decision to keep him at the club because they let Shea facey go, which many fans would have said would have been the better option to keep hold of. Um, I imagine there was also... Contract situations, obviously, Cameron was still under contract. I understand Shea wasn't. So, because of the financial situation, and I, I, Daryl said it was both financial and football. But I suppose whichever one was out of contract, whichever one was in contract, would have been the one that left and, and came. It's how I would, it's how I perceived it. Um, but I think he's he's justified the decision to still be at the club, and he's he's justified his first choice slot at the moment. Um, he's got a bit of competition now in Hayden White, but I think he he just looks composed, uh, as I said, putting his body on the line with a few of those uh, blocks that he made. Going forward, he's linking up really nicely with Josh Gordon and uh, and Rory Holden gets involved there as well and, and makes runs forward. Um And, and overall, he's he, he's proven a threat. Um, he isn't a wing-back, so obviously playing for the back counts so he is a, he a full-back. Um, he's built like a full-back. He's obviously quite tall. So, it, um yeah, he's been the man so far for me. And I think the fans probably echo that because I think he won... I think he's won Man of the Match a couple of times uh, in those three games already, or at least once. So we, um, so yeah, it's been pretty good. Zach Jules would be very close to that as well, but obviously he didn't play in the league.
0: So would you say that Cameron Norman's evolved from, talk, talking about carbs, a, a regular <laughs> ham sandwich, to, to like a, a turkey and bacon?
1: Um, I do love a turkey and bacon with a bit of brie and a bit of cranberry sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about food now, I'm hungry um, Yeah, he's, he's a, he's, he seems almost like a new player He seems happy, I haven't spoke to him as well already uh, Seems happy um, And Yeah, it's always just, it's just Players sometimes have this Moment where they'll sort of come into the run They'll have these spells of form And he's just in a good place at the moment uh, So long may it continue
0: hmm. Sam Emery, how much did you miss the pod With El Hatfield's star
1: well, you know, obviously I miss it when Luke's not in my life. It's, uh, it was sad times. Locked up in lockdown, sat at home. Actually, we should probably say we actually are. Are you in the office today? We're at home.
0: I'm at home today. Yeah, I'm
1: also at home today. So it's, it's actually almost like nothing's changed because we're both doing it from home. Um, I'm not going
0: to I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I do enjoy going into the office from time to time, but I love the new setter. Yeah. We kind of pop in now and then.
1: Yeah, it it can be helpful, particularly in certain situations, and I'm saving a lot on fuel as well. Um, I mean, I'm having to do more from home than I would be because the press conferences are over Zoom, and it's much easier to do that from home than do it in the office. Just the way the office is set up, it's much easier to do it from home. So, i being having them on Thursday and Friday means I have to be home Thursday and Friday, <laughs> so it's um, so it's working out quite well in that sense. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, of course I missed the point. We had a few tweets people looking forward to it coming back, so it's uh, it's nice to be wanted. <laughs> yeah, and we're
0: happy to be back. Happy to be back. And the last one comes from Nick Etheridge. Do you think any of our forwards will hit twenty goals this season? I'll tell you what, twenty goals would be a decent return, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, it definitely would be. Yeah, I mean, i you'd say we'd probably say twenty all competitions would be very good. If it was 20 just in the league, I mean, that would be, you're probably talking about a a 25 to 30 for the season then, aren't you? It's going to be pretty good. Um, I, the man for me to do that would be Josh Gordon. Uh, Even though he's playing out wide now, he got one against Bristol Rovers. He got 12 last season. I know he played the majority through the middle rather than on on the wing, but I think he'd be the man to build on those 12. um, And, and get the fifteen to twenty mark. And that's what he should be aiming for. He should be aiming for mm. fifteen to twenty, I think. But I'll tell you what, all three of the strikers they've got, a large Adaboyo and Keaton Lavery as well, are capable of doing it. Uh, and I'm quite excited about Adebayo and what he's gonna offer um this season if he if he carries on the way he's going. So um at the same time, having seen this question, I did think about uh something I the reason I bring it up is I heard it um, watching the game on Sunday, uh, the West Brom game, um, I heard one of the commentators mentioned that I think their highest score last season was 10 goals. Okay. I think it, I think that's right. Which means that they actually had a, a spread of goals throughout the team rather than one player sort of getting 15, 20, 25 goals. If no player gets to 15 or 20 for Warsaw but they have a spread of goals, it, that in itself can, can lead to a successful season as well. So. Um, a spread of goals would be nice. More goals from midfield would be nice, um, but I do think a player like Josh Gordon should be aiming for fifteen to twenty. Uh, he's certainly at this level. He's certainly capable of that. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely is. Um, right, let's talk about the game, shall we? Because uh, we're an hour in now. Um, Harrogate Town away. Uh, are you going to be? watching them in midweek, because of course they're up against uh, West Brom in, oh, of course in the are. Cup.
1: Yeah, I will, I will, that's on TV, isn't it? So I'll probably watch that uh, tomorrow, isn't it, that game? Yeah. Yeah, I will uh, Yeah, I will watch that just to get a flavour of them. But um, yeah, they had a very good start, didn't they? Um,
0: f- Admittedly, against the poor, <laughs> Admittedly, very poor South End side. For those who
1: don't know, the Deputy Sports Editor at ENS Towers, uh, Mr Derek Bish, is a South End fan. He is from that neck of the wood or woods. Long suffering. Um yeah, a long suffering South End fan. Um and uh having spoke to him very briefly about it, he he to say to say the least, he wasn't very optimistic. <laughs> um, so uh so yeah, they I won't go on too much about South End, but by all accounts they were dreadful. Um you've seen that fourth goal that went viral on Twitter like. I think, absolutely I mean, I've, never seen I've never seen anything like it I think the I think you'll probably agree I think the confusion with the defender is that the attackers were in the box when the keeper took a goal kick or free kick whatever it was yeah. and they're not allowed to be in I think it's a goal kick It's against the rules are not allowed to be in the box but then rather than just kicking it out of play and being safe and speaking to the referee he just stood there with the ball at his feet and let, let the player take it off him I mean, I've never seen anything like it it was so bizarre it is crazy, isn't it? Uh, but I mean, they've got so many issues. They've got a transfer embargo. They've got I think, like a few first team players injured. They've just sold their number choice, number one choice striker to Rochdale. Um, they've got a load of kids playing at the moment. So yeah, they're in serious trouble. Um, but still, regardless of that, Harrogate had to go over there, and they had to. Is it Harrogate or Harrogate? How would you pronounce it?
0: Harrogate, Harrogate Town, I think.
1: Yeah, that's how I'd say it. I'm just, I'm
0: just too posh I've yeah, been for Warwick.
1: Um Harrowgate. F C. Um Regardless of regardless of the fact that Southend seemed to be absolutely dreadful at the moment. They still had to go there and do a job, didn't they? They still had to go there and, and, and score the goals and win and win the game and uh yeah, having watched the highlights, they they seem to be a sort of decent outfit. Um so it's going to be a tough game. I mean, uh, I think the the stat is that no team has been promoted from the National League to League Two has ever been prom- uh, relegated in their first season. So themselves and Barrow, Barrow got a draw uh, at the uh, at the weekend against Stevenage. So I think they're both going to be sort of... I think particularly away, you'd expect tough games against them. Um, I think the slight lot of difference with this is that they're playing, uh, Harrogate are playing at... Uh, Doncaster's Keepmoat Stadium yeah. uh, until their stadium has got new grass installed, uh, EFR regulations and that. So, um, so it's almost going to be a, a bit strange for them as well uh, playing there. And that's obviously going to be their first game there uh, or first competitive game there because they're, um, it's their first home game of the season. So, um, although actually at the top of my head they might have played at home in the cup, but anyway, you know, you know, you know, the first league game there. You know what I'm trying to say. It's going to be a bit. Yeah. It's going to be a bit different for them as well. So in a way, that as I said, the home advantage without fans, it's going to be very similar for them. In that, it's going to be there's not really going to be much of an advantage there. But I think they're going to be almost an unknown quantity really for most clubs. I mean, Darrell obviously will do his research like he always does, but they they will be a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, and they'll, they'll they'll probably they'll probably stay up. They'll probably comfortably come mid table or something because there were a few teams who were going to struggle this season. I would say that probably look worse off than them. So it's this kind of particularly having it so early in the season, it's a kind of game where if Warsaw can just come away with some, some sort of points in, and even a draw, I think would be actually a decent result. it would sound strange against a promoted side, but uh, I think I think it would be only because the, the situations are so uh, the situation's so obscure and so different that there could be a danger of an upset and they could end up turning Warsaw over. So um, yeah it's going to be a strange one um, I'm not quite sure what to make of it to be honest uh, I'm a little bit disappointed because I wanted to go to the Harrogates ground because uh, I'll probably mm. never get the chance to go there unless i out of choice go there one <laughs> one Saturday afternoon but, um, but at the same time I've never been to the Keepmote Stadium either so at least I take a new ground off uh, and also I save 45 minutes both way because it's closer to get to Doncaster than it is to get to Harrogate. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't complain yeah. every cloud every, <laughs> every cloud. cloud yeah
0: uh go on then give me a prediction as we finish.
1: Uh I'm going to go for a one or draw, score draw. Uh Walsall sort of come away right with the point, it'll be a tight game. Uh Harrowgate will be well up for it. Well up for it. A, a, a club that's just come up from uh just just come up from the National League against Walsall obviously only a couple of seasons ago with League 1. Uh off the back of playing a Premier League club in in West Brom in, in midweek. I mean the way West Brom played on the on Sunday against Leicester, how might turn them over. <laughs> so, so um, <laughs> if they could, if they get a good result there against West Brom and then come into the Walsall game, they'll be bang up for it. Um, although it could obviously work into Walsall's favour when they're playing a midweek game. You'd imagine they'll probably play a first team as well. So, um, so yeah, but I think it'll be a tight game. I think a uh, score draw, and I think it'd be a good point to be honest. Uh, avoid losing the game, um, come away with a point, and there's you've got. 44 more games to go so uh, I think it'd be a decent start
0: Look at you counting the games already
1: and I I had to do a little bit of maths there 46 to, minus 2 but like, I just about got there <laughs>
0: Alright okay that just about does this first episode of the new season down um, you know where to go for all your, your awesome news but from me from Liam fond farewell Thank you very much